party started. This is Ghetto. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570. It's on a website. This is FNA. Man, get out my way and watch out as I come. I am a god. Now what? Why don't you get out of that jumpsuit and let me smack that fat ass? <laughs> That's a scary crew. As far as the product goes, uh, the voice of a new generation, man. You guys are the young guys. Are really at the top of their games. The two of them had something in common. We bring you Radio Ecstasy. Oh, it's beautiful. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570. FNA. FNA. Let it happen. This is the FNA Podcast. Thursday edition of the FNA Podcast. It is Kevin Figures and Adam Osland with you as always. On a throw that ass back Thursday. A big fine woman, won't you back that ass up? Call me Gerald Green because I look like him a little bit. <laughs> oh, been... I thought you just want you for a second. I not, was like, huh? not me, not me. I was like, oh, okay. even though I have a quarter of a black card now. Yes, as uh, pointed by TK, because I've seen, I saw Black Panther in right. theater. South Park must have listened to our show because their first episode of the new season last night, I think it was. It was. Was all about Black Panther and a conspiracy with Tolkien and saying he hadn't seen it. And, of course, Cartman wouldn't believe him. It was pretty good. Well, I haven't watched it yet. It did show up on my DVR like we discussed with Magdaleno randomly the other day. It just showed up on my DVR uh, yesterday. So I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But if that is the subject matter, I'm very intrigued. (laughs) By the way, you might have to take it to like the Black Folk Council or something. I don't know if she can just arbitrarily just hand you a quarter of a black card. I don't think that's how it works. We gotta take this to the Tribunal Council. I need get that. It, get though. I need oh, it to work like that. I'm, no, but it doesn't. It's not how it works. It's not how it works, Adam. I'm sorry. She said she took away your black card, but she can't do. By the way, what if just a quarter of yours turned a little bit white, nope. while a quarter of mine turned a little bit black? Right? Not possible. Okay, fine. Not possible, TK. I'm sorry. <laughs> TK, by the way, unable to join us today, unfortunately. Oh. Does not has nothing to do with last week about her taking away black cards or anything. I'm not mm-hmm. we, I didn't kick her off the show. This is just, not punishment. Just a coincidence, huh? It's not punishment or anything. No, it just happened to work out this way. That's all. It means we have rap news though. It does. It's not lame. And that is not a way for me to try to prove my blackness that I can bring back rap news either. <laughs> if that's what I'm trying to angle towards. Because I know that's what some of y'all are thinking. Yeah. You got nothing to do with You're that. You're overcompensating. Exactly. Don't got to do that. Tupac Shakur. I have. You heard my jingle. You know where I'm from. I don't have to do that. Kevin And don't you forget it. Y'all must not know where I'm from. That's the right. GB. Granite Bay. Yes, the Lady Bird was filmed partially there, I the think. The mean streets of Granite Bay. <laughs> Los <laughs> Lagos. Everybody, everybody leaves their doors unlocked, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Murphy used to live nearby me. Oh, real safe then, for sure. <laughs> My God. Jim Carrey has a house near Folsom Lake. Or he did. I don't know. Does Chris Chief Weber Ke- definitely did. Does Chief Keith have a house up there? I'm, something tells me no. Not certain about that? Yeah. I, pro- uh, I, I probably doubt it. Yeah. Um, E40 lives somewhat close, Oaktown. Well, I don't know. Just an E40, hour away. E40 got, well, a lot of, got a lot of money in his pocket, so I mean, he might have moved up. I mean, he can to still. To Zachtown? I mean, just possible. Is that right? moving up? Depends where you go in San Francisco. Well, yeah, I'm sure. I'm saying, yeah, there's some there's some upper class. Oh, we all know. You know. You're from, the Nor- from NorCal. It's not. By the way, is Were it. Are you like from there? Well, you are. Quit trying to buy You know, a real there's show. a difference between o- Oakland and San Francisco. <laughs> A major difference between yeah. Oakland and San Francisco. Battle of the Bay. When teams go uh, play the Raiders, 
They don't stay in Oakland. I'm just telling you that right now. Visiting teams do not do not stay in Oakland. The Warriors are running away from Oakland. Sure as hell are. Everybody is. Even the A's are getting a new stadium. Everybody's moving out of Oakland. That's finally happening. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. They're starting to build it up. Ain't this a trip? They're actually starting to put money into downtown Oakland and gentrify it a little bit. Okay. Gentrification. I think I, can, I think I can say that safely. It's true. The white flight? But everybody's moving. All the teams are moving out. So. Oh. Now, were the teams too hood for the area too? Is that what it was? Is that what the, the Raiders too dangerous? Okay, maybe the I, Raiders were. They're fully embraced because of that. People well, love it, and that's the problem. That's part of the gentrification. It's like, oh, is we do building all these nice, all the Starbucks and all these other Silicon Valley nice. We can't be having y'all thugs up here fighting each other and fighting everybody at the stadium. That can't happen. They're supposed to be hardcore. You the, think right? They're pirates, right? You, you would think the Raiders suck. All the rappers love the Raiders. Ice Cube loves the Raiders. The West Coast ones do. I'm sure Suge Knight, who's now going to jail forever, <laughs> loves the Raiders. Any artists out there want to be an artist and want to stay a star? I never heard. Don't want to have to worry about the Raiders. Right. trying to be all in the video. All in the jail cells. All on the record. Dancing. Is that going to be in rap news? Suge had a. It is not. That's actually a couple of weeks old. Uh, but Suge. Uh, it Shug, happened last week. Is sensing. <laughs> All right, fine. Last week. It was last week's news. <laughs> that was weeks ago, Mother Effort. That Even was still, yesterday. We kind of knew what was going to happen, that he was going to go away for, I guess we didn't know it was going to be manslaughter versus murder versus whatever. That was that was but, the incident from the Tams Burgers? Yes. When he ran that guy over? That's exactly what it was. Yeah. So we knew it was, he wanted to come back out anytime soon. It's not like he hasn't been to jail multiple times before. Sure. And this has some health issues. So I am not going to last week's news. Yes, I guess you guys want to know. You can look it up. Suge Knight sentence for manslaughter for running that gentleman over with his car at Tams. So that is not in rap news coming up in the final segment of the show. (laughs) Okay. What is? What's the tease here? So uh, there's a new uh, artist, an R&B artist, which you might have heard of. And she's getting a lot of heat for yanking down a cover of her song off the internet. And it's not her fault. A cover song? Yeah, it's a cover of her song. Okay. Uh, and she says it's not her fault, and another person has come to back her up. The person who's actually in control of her track says it's not her fault. So we'll talk about that, and we have an update on Lil Wayne's Carter 5 album. Oh, I'm excited about that. That has been a long time coming. We've talked about that a lot on the show as well. Not detox long, but a long time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Birdman and he supposedly reconciled. I know we talked mm, about that recently. Yeah, reconcile is, supposedly. is an interesting word to use, sure. Okay. In some ways, and in some ways not. All right. So that's coming up on the back end. In the middle of today's show, we have Cole Wright coming back on from the NFL Network, from Spectrum, Time Warner. He's a host now for the Dodgers. You see him on there with Ned Coletti, the godfather. Who else is on there with him? Nomar, Nosmar, Garcia Parra is on there sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll talk to Cole Wright both about baseball, F yeah. And the NFL, we're in week four now. There's a game later on tonight, a good Thursday night game. They didn't used to be like that. Tonight, Rams and Vikings, two of the premier teams in the NFC. The Rams are still undefeated. The Vikings yeah. somehow lost last week to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, well, I'll say define elite after what happened to the Vikings <laughs> last week. They took their elite card. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. <laughs> Can't be losing at home to the Bills. But we'll have it. Watch them come out tonight and beat the Rams in L.A. It's possible. It's the NFL, man. Yeah. So it's very possible. And they may have been looking ahead to this game, and that's why the Bills beat them at home somehow. It's possible. Yeah. Even still. Josh Allen running all over the place. Even if you were looking ahead, you still can't lose at home. Especially was that it, badly. What was it? 27 to 6? It was 27 to 6, and they were 17 point favorites. My goodness. And that was a historically 
uh, odds maker game that... 23 years. 23 years? Nobody that, had that lost that favorite, was favored by that much? Who was favorite that big and lost by at least that margin. Was the fix Or excuse in. me, lost by a double digits, excuse me. I don't care if the fix was in. You still don't lose that badly at home to the Buffalo I mean, Bills. I don't know what they could have been calling. I don't. The fist could have been. I don't know. Maybe the offensive tackle was on the take. Okay. I mean, so, so, so he was giving points away. Yeah. So who knows? You know, <laughs> he was given the Olay blocking for Kirk Cousins, who had a rough day himself. And they could just use the excuse of, well, PFF says the Vikings have like the second to yeah. worst offensive line anyway. So it's like They're hey, bad anyway. I was just sucking like I was supposed to. What you want me to do? Good luck proving that one. I just made a cool million on the side. Don't worry about. <laughs> It's all good. Who's the Tim Donahue yeah, of refs? Right. right. <laughs> Some bull- yeah. Charles Woodson knows about that. Doesn't he ever? That was Walt Coleman. Walt Coleman in the 2001 Tuck Rule game, which you always seem to bring up on I, this show all the time. What, Constantly. It's relevant to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Fixing games. That's all. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to so you're saying pour salt in the, in the wounds of Raider fans who no, are still bitter about it. No, it seems like you always do that. <laughs> Between that and Romo saying Raiders suck. <laughs> Now you have the oh not to Oakland Charger fan when they missed a field goal and lost to the Raiders like eight years ago. Oh, not to Oakland. The Raiders of, won that game. Got a lot of Raider hate in there though. Is what it is. John Gurdon even brought it up in his introductory press conference when he came back this year with the Raiders, saying there's some unfinished business. Oh, yeah. He was the head coach on the sideline. That was his last game. I understand. They have that to up. rewrite the football universe. If they win that game, maybe Tom Brady and the Patriots don't go on this epic dynasty-like run where they've won five championships now. Maybe. It's possible. And we at least put a dent into it, I think. <laughs> Tom Brady was clutch from the beginning, mm-hmm. and maybe if that game hadn't gone his way, you know, he gets some so some seeds of doubt into his mental psyche in his career. Possibly, maybe, <laughs> maybe Drew Bledsoe stays around. Who knows? Bledsoe came in and won the AFC. It affected game so many different hurt. things. Sure does. Yeah, plus okay. so unpredictable. So uh, we're going to talk to Cole Wright about the NFL and baseball, no doubt. But we're going to start with baseball because the Dodgers have an off day, meaning it makes this segment a little more evergreen since they're not playing every day at the moment. Troubled waters, man, for the Dodgers. They thought they were sitting nice and pretty. He had himself a two and a half game lead with nine games to go. Had just swept the Rockies. D backs were fading out of the NL West race, so the you know it wouldn't matter as much facing against Arizona. And then all of a sudden, you lose one to the Padres that you shouldn't have. You lose a couple to the D backs. The Rockies catch fire when they're playing garbage ass teams, but that's how the schedule shakes out. That's how the schedule shakes out. And they're at home and the Dodgers are on the road. That doesn't help. And the Dodgers were playing better on the road this year. And but now it's come down to crunch time. I don't think that's working in their favor. Now it does doesn't help, and maybe it wouldn't matter, but the Phillies have given up. I mean, they're mathematically eliminated now from the postseason, so this past series against Colorado, if they were still trying... I mean, it didn't show itself. They they benched a lot of guys and didn't. Yeah. They did not put forth. Gabe Kapler didn't do a good job trying to help out his former employer. I'll say that with the lineups he was running out there these last few, uh, three games. And that was a team that surprised people early on in the season, the first half of the season. Oh, yeah. Surprise, motherfucker! Nobody the thought the Phillies were playing good ball. Nobody thought they'd even be in a situation where they be in the, the conversation to contend for the playoffs at this point. And they were outscored in the first three games of this series, thirty-four to four, by the Colorado Rockies. I think a fourteen-nothing spot was in there somewhere too 
Yeah. Was that last night? <laughs> I think it was two nights ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Whatever it was. Yeah. Last night, I think it was more competitive. I think it was nine to two or something. Oh, was so it? So there you go. The Snakes, meanwhile, might have, covered the spread. have won the last two games. And speaking of salt in the wound, it was Zach Granke. And he didn't pitch great yesterday, but he was okay. good enough. A former Dodger did his thing. They end up winning seven and two, I believe it was. It was. With Scott Alexander giving up that three-run home run to A.J. Pollock. So now the Snakes have gotten the better of the Dodgers late in the season and are playing spoiler. Snakes. Oh. Why hey, you know, Why they will have love to be? nothing more than to knock down. I mean, between these did they last, jump in their own pool last these night? These last two series, yes, and probably. These last two series between the Diamondbacks and your Giants coming up, these two teams will love nothing more than to knock the Dodgers out of the postseason. This is the Giants' World Series, and it is an even year. This is true. <laughs> now, the even year didn't go their way in 2016, but no. before that, 2010, 2012, 2014, and they are the only team that has won the World Series going through the new wild card format in 2014. They had to play the Pirates in a one-game play-in, play-off in the wild card and the way it's been restructured now with adding another team, but taking the wild card series into just a one-game series. Which is dumb. Which is terrible. You play 162 games, and it comes down to a lot more luck when it's just a one-off, especially because if you can't align your pitchers, and Kershaw is going on Saturday, so I don't know if he'd be able to pitch on Tuesday if they're in that wild card. The reason why Stripling was pitching last night well, they wanted to back up Rich Hill. Rich Hill is resting mm-hmm. because they wanted him to be able to pitch in a play-in game. Now, with all these scenarios, there's a possibility of a play-in for the to chance the play-in. to play a play-in. Yeah. For, game all, 163 is very likely for grab, the Dodgers. got to grab Tim Cates in here. He had all the scenarios on PMS and lunchtime yesterday with all these crazy scenarios. I got some, too, here. Yeah, okay. I got some, too. We can go through there it eventually. Some, there, the, it was fairly complicated, maybe a little less complicated now that the Dodgers are, are back one uh, in the division against Colorado, so maybe mm-hmm. it unmuddied the waters a little bit for them. But you mentioned the 7-2 to loss, and the thing that's been plaguing them for a while now plagues them once again. They get off to a good start, you get a home run, and then the bets go quiet. Yeah. And they've been a feast or famine lineup. We've talked about it all season long. And even if they do make it to the postseason, it's not something that really lends itself to success once you actually get there because you cannot rely, especially when you're playing against quality pitching mm-hmm. every single night, and especially with the way people are handling bullpens nowadays, where you're seeing the best reliever come out in the fourth and fifth inning, I mean, you're not going to be able to line up and hit seven, eight, you know, eight home runs and things of that nature like they've been doing when they blow people out. And for the most part this season, they haven't been very good against teams with winning records. They look good a week and a half ago when they were up two and a half games after sweeping the Rockies. They played well against St. Louis as well, but... They haven't fared uh, that great against teams that are likely going to be in the playoffs. And to your point about the feast or famine, I pulled up these stats. While the Dodgers are sixth in runs scored this season, they're also sixth in strikeouts. So that completely underlines a feast or famine team. They're also just 16th. In total hits, they're 17th in batting average, and they're 17th in batting average with runners in scoring position. They're not getting the big hits when they need them. They had some of those scenarios in last night's game, too. Especially with the bases loaded with one out. It's a microcosm of their season. They've been consistently inconsistent all season long. When they win, it's by a wide margin, but when they lose, it's by a close margin. And I saw this. 
they were expected with the scoring differential they have, which is plus their uh, plus, plus one seventy. Yeah, that's fifth best in that in the national. Or no, first fifth, in the national fifth, league, fourth best in the entire majors. By the way, yeah, but they would be fifth, or excuse me, they uh have the fifth best record in the national league, even though they have the first best scoring differential by sixty three yes. runs. It's, it's not even close. Over the Cubs, I believe. So this was second. There was an estimate with a scoring differential that good that they should have a record of ninety seven and sixty one right now. And who does, by the way, the three teams that are ahead of them in Major League Baseball that have more run differential than they do, the Red Sox, the mm-hmm. Astros and the Yankees. Red yeah. Sox and Astros have a hundred plus wins and the Yankees have 97. So, so there you go. They've been losing games late. They've been giving Constantly. games away. They have 26 blown saves. I think that's fifth most in the league, tied with your Angels. There's just obviously not a playoff team this season, even though the Dodgers don't have a horrible bullpen. They're 11th in They're bullpen average. ERA, yeah. which but they are about half a run worse than they have been the last two years. But their team ERA is second in baseball. They have the second best starter ERA in baseball. It doesn't make sense other than they aren't winning close games. Yes. When they are winning, it's a lopsided affair where they just blow teams out. And it's been that way all season long. How many times have we seen they win 14-5 to and then lose the next night 2-1? to mm-hmm. Happens constantly because you just can't rely on the long ball all the time. And teams get behind. Maybe they press a little bit. They low bases. They the, the, tight, the strike zone gets tighter. And they give up more mistakes. When you start getting into the postseason playing against better teams, that's that's not going to happen. The opportunities for the you know three-run home run and the, and the grants, that stuff just doesn't present itself that way. You have yeah. to be able to get guys to move guys over to play a little bit of small ball. I realize that's not quote-unquote what they do, but that being not what they do is what's gotten them in this situation to begin yeah. with. And I wonder if they can flip the switch now and become a different type of team when they've been this team all season long. We've been waiting for them to be better with situational hitting, with moving guys over. It's never happened. Happened. They've relied on the home run. They're second in the league in home runs. Now, if nothing else, this is what they had last season, which was what made last year so magical. Whether how better, I'm sure they were a lot better with running and scores position and yeah. all that, but just with clutch hits. How many walk off hits did they have? How many times mm-hmm. were they talking about, oh, a different hero every single night? Because one night it was Taylor, one night it was Turner, one night it was somebody. Kike. They never, they haven't had that this year. I don't know what the amount of walk off wins this year compared to last year is, but it's nowhere close. I'm pretty telling you, there's an astronomical yeah. difference between the two. They just have not gotten big hits in big situations like they did last season. And aside from not beating the better teams for the most part this season, they also went one in. Six against the Reds. They went two and four against the Marlins. Those games are going to come back to haunt them. The five games right after Kenley Jansen went out with the heart palpitation, the irregular heartbeat, uh, they blew five games in a row from the seventh inning on, I think it was, with the relief pitching. So they couldn't get it together then. They've had, they were under 10 games, they're 10 games under 500 back in May. They've done this to themselves. It is self-inflicted wounds all over the place. It's not like they're chasing teams that are that great in the National League. It's been pretty wide open. They've had their opportunities. They just haven't been able to put it together for a long string where they're going, you know, winning eight of 10 games here and there. They're really living off of that June stream. I think late June into mid-July, right before the All-Star break, where they just went crazy. And I think they hit the most home runs in a month in club history by far or -hmm. something. And that's part of that feaster famine as well. That's when Max Muncy had that gigantic run that got him into the home run derby. They're like a bastardized version of the early 2000s days. 
Remember how the A's were? They had a great starting staff. They had a good bullpen, but offensively, get guys on base, hit home runs. And what happened? In the postseason, a lot of guys who were getting on base, you Mm -hmm. didn't have the guys that came up with clutch hits to get them in. And that's exactly what this team looks like to me right now. Yeah. Now, some of those scenarios we talked about earlier, I saw this. Uh, I think it was Andrew McCullough who had it earlier today, Dodgers beat writer for the LA Times. He said, if the Dodgers finish in a tie with Colorado, the two teams would play game 163 Monday at Dodger Stadium to decide the division. Both teams in that one can use their 40-man roster. If they lose the division to Colorado but tie with St. Louis in the wildcard standings, the Cardinals would host game 163 on Monday because they won the season series against the Dodgers. So that's also huge. If the Dodgers, Rockies, and Cardinals all end with the same record, the Dodgers would still host the Rockies for game 163. If the Dodgers lose that game, they would then travel to St. Louis for game 164 on Tuesday to decide the second part participant in the wild card game. We know it's either going to be the Cubs or the Brewers. Both those teams are in. They just don't know one of them could still win the NL Central. The Brewers are back a half game right now. So I do think the Dodgers are going to be playing a game next week for sure, whether it's game 163 or a wild card game, unless no faith in your Giants, huh? they get swept by the Giants. They could go one and two against the Giants. But they would need help, too. And now, that, the, the, the one thing that's in their favor, they do have a game lead up on St. Louis, and they're playing Chicago, their final series. The Chicago mm-hmm. still has home field to play for because mm-hmm. the Braves are only a couple of games out of the top seed in the National well, League. So it's not like the Cubs can just rest no, the guys. They have the division to play and for. And there's that, too. Yeah. They, if so they don't want to be in that wild card situation. Everybody who has qualified, those three at the top, still have something to play for. Nobody mm-hmm. is safely set. The Dodgers could lose one or or they could go uh one and two against the Giants. The Cards could win two of three against the Cubs and they would still have that play-in game against the Cards. And I just don't think the Cards are going to sweep the Cubs. I think that's unlikely. And I think it's unlikely the Dodgers get swept by the Giants. It could happen, but my guess is they're playing a game next week to still try to get into the playoffs. Maybe it's 163, maybe it's a wild card game. That's what these prediction indexes say. They still say the Dodgers are the favorites to win the National League West, even yeah. though with three games left, they're a game back. Tells you how confident they are in the Dodgers are unconfident they are in the Colorado Rockies, who have to play the Nationals, by the way. Oh, that should be a sweep. Yeah, the Nationals think. have won three in a row, but they were playing the Marlins, so I mean, that doesn't talking, say a lot. Talking, they don't have much to play for. We're talking trash versus trash here, man. And the Rockies are at home, and they're hot. They've won six in a row. The first thing I thought of with the Dodgers having to close out going up to San Francisco for three games is 1993. This was a Giants team that got screwed and. This season made me cry at the end because the Giants had a chance to a win this final game. Well, I was young. Oh, okay. And they had won 103 games this season. I'm guessing that's the most games won without making the playoffs, at least in the modern Probably era. Probably in the division era, I would think so. There might be a team back yeah. when they didn't have divisions. Now, like there that. was no wild card. The 94 season was the strike season. Then they implemented the wild card after that. The Giants needed to win this game to play a 163 against Atlanta to see who would get into the playoffs. So they're going into Dodger Stadium, and here's Vin Scully on the call. Mike Piazza went off that game. Right-handed delivers. There's a high drive in the right field. Martinez to the track, to the wall, gone. 
He hits a high fly ball to right field. Back goes Martinez to the wall. It is gone. Miracle upon miracles. He's hit another one. And it's 10 to 1 Dodgers. They are going wild at Dodger Stadium as Mike Piazza has just put a Phillip to one of the more dramatic moments of the year and he gets another curtain call. And Adam Oslin's crying like a bitch on his couch watching the season in review video for a Giants team that won 103 games that had Will Clark, Matt Williams, and Barry Bonds on the same team. They could have won the World Series that year if they had gotten in. They were that good, but they lost that game 12-1 to was the final score. It was that don't sound brutal. like getting screwed. That sounds like getting your ass kicked when everything mattered. Well, it, <laughs> you win 103 games and you don't get in. That's just insane. Well, that's how, that's how it broke. I mean, it's like when you have gears in the NFL where teams went 12, go 12 and 4 and don't make the postseason. It's horrible luck. It's horrible. Who luck. goes 12 and 4 and doesn't make the postseason? Well, 11, I and see 11 and 5. Oh, okay, we're splitting hairs on one game. You know what I mean? A winning record. 103, though. That is extraordinary. That would be one of the best records this season. It would be one that of the best team records was any so season. so good. That's what I'm saying. It was so disheartening. It was so devastating well, for Giants fans sure. because they were in the World Series, obviously. Well, screw it. Just implies, implies it was taken from you or there was a bad call or something. It was, a, it was a terrible playoff format, anomaly. is what it was. And they didn't include enough teams back then. But now the there's all the kinds of scenarios sure. to get into yeah, the playoffs. Teams with, did the Giants win the World Series with like 88 or 89 wins one year? Was that one of your teams, one of their even year uh, wins? When I, th- they, I think so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, sometimes it breaks your way. They, Not, you know, the, the Giants won, they were 9-7, a wild card team that won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Some, this some was, years break your way, and sometimes they don't. This was, was a huge outlier to win that many games sure, and not get in. Sure, I just think "screwed" is an interesting term to use when it wasn't it wasn't taken from you. It's how Giants fans feel. The Dodger fans. Oh please! <laughs> you did not get screwed. You, a bad call didn't cost you the postseason. You played well, but you didn't play well enough in that individual season. That's how it broke down. I guess. I I guess so. That's one way to put it. I'm just saying that format sucks. Screwed is what happened in 2001 to the Raiders. What we were talking about in the first. In the first segment <laughs> earlier this segment that's screwed it's i the beholder it's how fans felt at that time you know like how the hell could we win 103 games and still not make the playoffs it was it was a wacky may, year yeah maybe if you would have beat the marlins in, in may at some point then the extra game wouldn't have mattered you could always point to something like that of course if the dodgers don't make the playoffs they can point to the reds this sure year can. but they're not winning 103 games and missing it <laughs> so giants Depends fans are still years. upset about that they're going to remember that this weekend yes, when they, they have a chance to return the favor and get some revenge on the Dodgers. And Mad Bum has a chance to do it himself against Ryu coming up on Friday night. Mad so Bum's go. going Friday night. Derek Rodriguez, who's had an ERA under three the last three games for the Giants, is going Saturday. Andrew Suarez has a 3.3 e, uh, 8 ERA in his last three games. So the Giants have lined up their three best starting pitchers right now. It's going to be tough. I do think there's a good chance the Dodgers only win one of these games and they end up playing that play-in to get into the play-in for the wild card next week. How much of that is thinking? How much of that is hope? You can be okay. You it's can, not hope. You don't have to lie. Dodgers aren't, lie. aren't playing well. It's logical. The Dodgers aren't playing well. They need Obviously, to step up. I meant the hope part as part of you being a Giant fan, as, even though you try to act like you're not half the time. It's uh, I, I'm good either way. Oh, we work sure at the are. Dodger station. I know it's good for us for the Dodgers to make the playoffs. It's good for AM570. I'm hoping they get in. But I do think there's a great chance they're playing a game next week regardless. 
I will say, plus stats probably bear that out for sure. Yeah, well, but the so way they've been 93% chance they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, so and just with all the scenarios. So we'll see what happens. Someone who does cover the Dodgers on a daily basis, some NFL as well as Cole Wright. Works at the NFL Networks, works at Spectrum Sportsnet as well. He'll come on and talk some Dodgers with us, see if how, if he's as confident that the Dodgers will make the postseason after what happens this weekend in San Francisco. It's the FNA Podcast, Cole Wright coming up in a matter of seconds. Let's play hardball. FNA Cotton, FNA. We're back in on the FNA Podcast. It is Kevin Figures and Adam Ausland. And speaking of hardball, we don't have Chris Matthews, but we do have somebody that played a little hardball in his career. And he covers hardball for the Dodgers as well as some NFL for the NFL Network as well, Adam. Yeah, and it's week four of the NFL season. And somehow the Browns already have more wins than the Raiders. Oh, so shut to up. talk See, about that matchup and more is a man that would never root for losers because even his Cubs have won a World Series now. It's Cole Wright from the NFL Network and Sportsnet LA who's got the style and the smile that makes him the best host in the biz. And he helps navigate traffic during segments better than a crossing guard in Cairo. Follow him at Cole Wright NFL on Twitter and enjoy the crying Jordan faces that never go out of style. Unlike MJ. His fashion choices himself. <laughs> Cole, what's up, man? Thanks for coming back on the hey, NBA what's podcast. Going on? You, you, you had to throw a jab at those Cubs, though, right? But last time I looked, the Cubs, they clinched. They're in, they're in the playoffs. All Whatever right. they do, I'm praising them. They still have a chance to play for Commissioner's Trophy. No doubt. They got to win this weekend against the Cards, and the Dodgers mm-hmm. have to win somehow against the San Francisco Giants, who are frothing oh. at the mouth to beat them. Cole, what's the biggest reason the Dodgers have put themselves in this position where it seemed like all season long they just had this inconsistent about them where they could never quite put it together and now they're in must-win games you know the thing for me is i think it's it's a, it's not an undisciplined approach it's just that they, they swing at a lot of different pitches and you know it's it's sometimes to their benefit and other times it's to their detriment I and mean, we, we've seen it before you know that you know that they're swinging and swinging and swinging and they're, they're just waiting for that you know that that six run home run it seems like but you know, for for me, and it's it's a combination of you know the, the looking for the long ball a lot, which which like I said, at times is is beneficial for this team. But it's questionable bullpen pitching. You know, when when guys come out, it's it's, it's they're either one or one thing or the other. They're either hot or they're cold. And I mean, you you know, you want to play September, October, you know, November baseball for that matter. But you got to have guys that are locked down, airtight coming out of the bullpen. And you know, we saw it last night, and even the night before, like you know, Kenta. Kent Maeda came out and you know gave it up, and and then Scott Alexander. It's just like you just can't have that, you know, late in the season if you want to be playing your first commissioner's trophy. Yeah, before so go back to the offense for one second because Adam and I discussed in our first segment of the show about the feast or famine type of offense that the Dodgers have. Either they're winning fourteen to two or they're losing two to one. And you talk about their approach yeah. at the plate, how they're swinging for the fences and looking for home runs. And this may be a dumb question to ask as we're here in the final weekend of the season. Is that something that you can change, or is that just how the team is built and there's just nothing that they can do at this point to adjust their approach at the plate and the type of at-bats that they have? You know, I think it, they are what they are. I mean, you know, you're a 155-plus games into the season. I mean, you're not going to change a whole bunch. Um, you know, the thing for me is, you know, and, and it's funny that, that Dave manages like this because you know, I love Dave Roberts. I love, you know, what he brings to the table as a manager. Um, you know, he's always been terrific with me. But, you know, being that Dave was a, was a scrappy, let's get it done kind of player, you would think that there would be more small ball involved. And being that the Dodgers have guys who are completely capable of playing small ball and laying bunts down and advancing the runner, going station to station, 
I don't see that with this team. And in certain situations, when you can't score, there needs to be times when you can manufacture. Because if you can't score in the playoffs and the other team is, you know, is knocking on the door of crossing home plate, you need to be able to manufacture runs. And if you can't bunt, if you can't take a pitch, if you can't hit and run and steal and stop and do all those things that are going to keep guys off balance and, and keep the defense on their toes, then it's going to be a problem playing in, in October. It's Cole Wright from Sportsnet LA and the NFL Network joining us here on the FNA Podcast. Cole, in his 62 games, Manny Machado's hitting just 267. He does have 13 bombs, but has he been disappointing so far in his stint with the Dodgers? Uh, I'd say no. I mean, you look at 13 home runs, that, that's fine. You know, his batting average is a little below what you're used to, but you have to, you have to take that into consideration. He just switched leagues. You know, he uh, completely uh, on the different side of the country. So, I mean, that, that all comes into play. I mean, you, you think that he's been used to seeing pretty much the same pitchers, whether it be on the Yankees or, or the Red Sox or the Blue Jays. You, you get to see him three times, a, you know, a few times a year. You know, if you get a starting pitcher, chances are if he's uh, high up in the rotation, you're going to see him three, maybe four times in that season. And you're used to that. You know what he's throwing. It's almost like the Albert Pujols scenario. I said when he left the Cardinals, I said, oh, man, that was a great mistake. I said, now he has to, to, to relearn the AL West and all the pitch that the Angels are going to face as opposed to you know, staying in the NL Central and being used to beating up on the same old pitchers, the same old ballparks, the same routine. You know, there, there's something that goes into that. Now Manny Machado, he, he's not going to Camden Yards anymore. He's going to Dodger Stadium, and he, he has to drive a different way. He throws his keys to a different valet. There's always different things that go into that. So, I, you know, with the power numbers there, the average not so much. I don't have a problem with that because he's played solid defense. Now, Brian Dozier, you know, I, it, it's, as much as he was the second, the best second-half player in baseball the last two years, especially when it came to power numbers, just hasn't been that this year. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes you make business moves that, that don't always work out. You know, for, for my money, I think Brian Dorsey's a great guy. I think he's a great player, but just not right now with the Dodgers. It hasn't been a great fit. I, I'd say, man, moving forward these last few days, I'd say have a set lineup. I mean, if a guy does, does, does great one day and then the next day he's on the bench, you know, it's, what's the reward? I mean, I think when you're going to the, to the end of the season and you're looking towards the playoff and, and that, that finish line is in sight, you need to have guys who know, okay, I'm coming to the, when you're driving to the ballpark that day, you know you're going to be playing. You don't want to get there and then look at the, once finally the, the lineup comes out and say, oh, I'm, I'm not playing today. I'll be on the bench, but I got to keep my head right to come off the bench in a, in a pinch hitting role. Like, I don't think Cody Bellinger needs that. I don't think a lot of guys, I don't think Matt Kemp needs that. I think those guys need to be in the lineup. They need to be playing and they need to be ready to swing the bats. And those guys who come off the bench, they should be able to ready to do so. I think Brian Dozier should be a, a bench player right now coming off the bench, and he should be that spark plug. I think TK needs to be in the lineup, but I don't make the lineups out. You know, that's that's, uh, that's up to Dave Roberts, and uh, we'll see because, like I said, time is of the essence right now, and it's running out. You mentioned Matt Kemp, and he's been playing more and more off the bench these lad this last month or so. And it seems I mean, like he, I, I feel like he'd be in my lineup every day. Wouldn't he? Saying. I mean, why? It seems like every time he comes into pinch hit, the guy's making something happen. He's always doing something at right. the dish. Do you believe? Now he hit a little bit of a, a lull after the All Star break. Whether that was age, whether that was a, people adjusting to him, who knows? But you think he's been swinging the bat so well, even in a pinch hitter type role? It's kind of head scratching that he not he's not in the lineup consistently, is it not? It is for me, and like I said, it's. When you mentioned his age, I think an older player like that has to be on the field every day. I think when you take a guy like that out of his routine and, and, and you shuffle things up, I think it's harder to get back going. I mean, not just 
not because you're an older player, because you're just so so used to that routine. And I, I just think that you know when, when he's in the lineup, you know in, in the field. I, I know people say, well, Matt Kemp. He's if you look at the at the numbers and saber metrics, he's one of the best or one of the worst outfielders in baseball. I but throw those numbers out the window because all those numbers that got crunched are by a bunch of dudes who never even threw a baseball. So that that's all well and good. Sometimes they 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 do benefit the teams, but more times than not, I'd say just go with your gut. You watch these guys play for over 150 games this year. I mean, when you look at the numbers, well, okay, this guy does well in this situation. Well, you know what? Forget that, because that's not the situation that we're approaching right now. We're we're approaching a situation where we need to get it, get into the postseason, and we need to make this happen. And I've seen this guy play all year long. And I've seen this guy play half a season. You know, if you're looking at a uh, Kike versus Brian Dozier. I'm going Kike at second base every day of the week. Kike makes plays. He swings the bat. Not to say Brian Dozier does not, because he clearly does. But he's just not doing it right now. Things just haven't fell into place for him. And I think you need to have guys out there where things are falling into place for him. Kike is one of those guys. So is Matt Kemp. Yeah, Cole, especially when it comes to guys who are hot. I know there was a stretch there for a couple of weeks where Jock Peterson just couldn't get out. But whenever there was a left-hander on the mound, they took him out of the lineup. And I know throughout his career he hasn't hit lefties that well. But are you not better off putting in someone like Jock who has been on fire at the dish, even if it hasn't been against left-handers, as opposed to a replacement player who you put in there who's a righty but doesn't hit any better than Jock normally does? That kind of seems to be counterintuitive to me, does it not? You know, it, it, it does. I feel like, like I said, it, it, there needs to be that that everyday cohesion. That's what the guys need, man. I think, you know, whether it's Jock out there, you know, whether it's it, it's Matt Kemp or you know whether it's Puy, you know, it just it just depends. I mean, you know, it's it's tough, especially for Cody. That's it's one of the problems of being so versatile. It's if if you can do everything, then you're going to be asked to do everything. Like Cody Bellinger is the most athletic guy on the team. He's the fastest cat on the whole squad. He can play first base. He can play outfield. I'm sure, you know, if need be, if in a pinch, you could throw him over at third base because, you know, every solid solid defensive first baseman can, has a little third baseman in him. And I just I just feel like that's, like I said, it's almost a detriment to this team that there's so many different guys who can play so many different positions because then you are able to play that patchwork kind of, uh, kind of offense and defense because, you know, Max Muncy, where can he play? Oh, shoot. he can play third, first, second, outfield. He doesn't look great, but he can do it. And that's that's one of the things that are so many interchangeable pieces. It almost be better if there were guys who were exclusively one position players, like even Manny Machado. I mean, Manny Machado can play third. He can he can play shortstop, and I'm I'm sure he can play first base too. You know, towards the end of his career, if he loses some of that mobility, maybe that's something that we'll see. But like I said, the interchangeability of this team could be its Achilles' heel. I think you know you want to have a set lineup going into the postseason. If you don't have that, sometimes it's a problem. So, Cole, what do you think the most realistic scenario is, the best path for them to get into the playoffs? Do you still see them winning the division, or is this most likely going to be them getting the wild card now? I can still see winning the division. I mean, it's not it's it's not an insurmountable task, but you know, Colorado has to has to cool out a little bit because Colorado's been playing some some baseball. I mean, every time you look, I mean, it helps that they got the Phillies, but I mean, they were they were beating the Phillies like. They owed him money for for years on end, and this is the first time they saw him. And it, the first time they saw him in, in a free zone, in a in a in a non prosecutable zone. Like, oh, this dude owes me like five thousand dollars. Back alley beatdown. Oh yeah, exactly. Like I'm about to take out all his teeth. Yeah, running his mouth got to him swallowing his teeth. So I think that's uh that's the scenario where we're looking at right there. I mean, it, 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 it's 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 September baseball. It's October baseball. It's it's what you want, and you want to be able to. 
sit at home and be able to watch that first wild card game. So, you know, if all you need to do is take care of what you need to take care of, like you know, it's a, we always say, like you know, mind your own business, pay attention to what's going on in your own house, and if the Dodgers do that and don't worry about what's going on in, the, in that uh, that in that ski chalet over there in the Rockies, they'll be all right. Control their own destiny for at least one of those wild card bursts for sure. Cole Wright joining us yep. here on the FNA podcast. We mentioned Cole does big work for the Dodgers at Sportsnet LA. Also at Cole Wright NFL, where he is on Twitter, works for the NFL Network and SiriusXM's NFL channel. Does work with our guy Kirk Morrison. Kirk was on the show last week. We got his tag team partner in here this week, Cole Wright. Now, earlier on Thursday, the Panthers signed Eric Reed. Uh, they've been dealing with yep. some injuries on the defense and obviously controversy surrounding Reed, the public stance of support with the pregame protests along with Kaepernick. Are you surprised Reed has been signed by an NFL team considering he's still in that litigation process against with collusion against the NFL for not signing him earlier in the offseason? You know, we, I mean, I've gotten a series of emails, but like, like we talked about right before we jumped on, like, you know, I, I dropped my little one off at school, came back to the house and uh, broke out the saw and I was sawing logs. I, was, I took, a, took a nap. So when I got, got my emails, I saw Eric Reed signed to the Panthers. And I saw also there was a corresponding email that that went along with you know litigation process when it comes to his collusion case against the National Football League. Didn't get a a, a, a full chance to, to get into it and see what it actually stems from. Sorry, I, I I know what it stems from, but I just don't know where it actually goes from here as far as his as his litigation against the league for that for collusion. Because now it looks as if the league is no longer colluding when you have a job. So then your case someone falls by the wayside. So I, I have to double check into that and, and see how ironclad his case is now. I would think that he would want to drop, drop that case because he's currently gainfully employed by the Charlotte, uh, by the Charlotte Panthers. So by Carolina Panthers, Charlotte Panthers. I'm playing Charlotte. That was the had, old Madden had, 2000 generic name right? for them. <laughs> we had we had a guy that called in yesterday to talk about the Panthers that was from Charlotte. And for whatever reason, I said that yesterday on the radio and I'm saying it now like a nut. But either way, if you're the Carolina Panthers and you now have employed Eric Reed and Eric Reed has a job, I I don't think there would be any reason for him to forge ahead with that case as it pertains to him. Now, if there's people that have, you know, class action suits out there that involve Eric Reed, Colin Kaepernick, and, and other parties involved, and that's a whole different situation. But as of right now, he has a job, so I would think that, you know, he could call the dog off. But I, I don't know. I'm not a... Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't play one on TV, and you know, we'll see how how things go from there. You know, maybe he needs to call Salino and Barnes. But I heard they're <laughs> falling out lately. You look good enough to play a lawyer on TV. You'll say that. I see you suited and booted up there, bro. I think exactly. Puff Daddy even called them the Rally Panthers, the Raleigh Panthers, when he was interested in That's buying. That's what he was trying them. to buy him. <laughs> okay, yeah, he was. He and Steph Curry trying to put together an ownership group. That one, that one felt the crack, though. It's Cole Ride joining us here from the NFL Network. Cole, uh, you saw Baker Mayfield last week. The Jets were complaining, saying, well, we just didn't game plan for him. Did it look like that to you, or does May- Baker Mayfield have the skills to be the first successful quarterback for the Cleveland Browns moving forward? and they've been through about 30 of them since they came back into the league. Wow. Yeah, you know, um, that's that sounds like the stupidest excuse I've ever heard in my life. They shouldn't even have said that, the Jets, because that just makes you sound even jettier. Yeah, um, it was one of their safeties, and I think Todd Bowles called them out on it, saying you shouldn't say that. One of yeah. their defensive backs. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like you lose a fight, you get punched in the mouth, like, uh, yeah, I was uh, I prepared for an all-kicking assault. Like, right. I, didn't re- I wasn't ready to get punched in the mouth. Like, idiot. Like, yeah. What are you doing? Like, why? Why wouldn't you do that? Uh, you know, it just doesn't really seem to make a whole bunch of sense. Like, it doesn't seem very Todd Bowles esque. 
because we know how solid of a head coach that he is. I mean, he took a team last year that that, that should have been right even with the Browns, and they won games. And I think we're seeing more of that this year. I think it's just the fact that that, that team is so lacking in personnel that Todd Bowles doesn't really ever get his fair shake. But that's a squad, and, and they can they can play. They they can play football, and I think that you know there's, they have a lot of upside. I just think that you know Sam Darnold is he the quarterback of the future? He could be. You know what we saw from him on, on Monday Night Football was you know pretty spectacular. It's just can they keep that up? That that's the question. But you, you can't keep things up if you say you forget to game plan for the backup quarterback. If you said the third string quarterback, that makes sense. You don't know what game plans for a third string quarterback, but when there's so many questions that were surrounding Terod Taylor, and you know, is he going to stay the quarterback? When when is he going to get yanked? And then there's always you know, there's always the the injury factor that comes into play. That's exactly what happens. Terod Taylor suffers a concussion. Boom! Now the Baker Mayfield era is underway. And if you didn't game plan for that, I bet you those guys are standing around scratching their heads, hands on hips, like, uh, what do we do against him? And that that's what happened. We saw what what they did against him. Not a whole bunch. Speaking of quarterbacks, a lot of high expectations this season for Houston, and they are one of three teams that are currently 0-3, and a lot of people jumped on the Deshaun Watson bandwagon after he performed so well in those, what, six or seven games he played in last year before he ended up getting hurt. Uh, Were our expectations just a little bit too high for a rookie who hadn't played a full season yet when people are talking about them being one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year out of the AFC? Uh, I don't. I think that that people putting the cart before the horse, putting the Texans as Super Bowl favorites. I mean, even with Deshaun Watson playing like he played last year, I think you have to see more out of him because you know coming back off of injuries and, and not easy to do. Or you know, we're seeing it with Andrew Luck, we're seeing it with Carson Wentz, we're seeing it with Deshaun Watson, and you know, it's 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 easier said than done. So you know, I think this week though, this could be uh, you know a solid week for the Texans to get that first win. Of, of the season, you're, you're going against the Colts team. You know, uh, an, another quarterback that's back off an of injury. Uh, I, I know the Colts. You know, they they managed to squeak out a win this season. So we'll we'll see if, if, if the Houston Texans are going to be able to you know if they're going to be able to, to live up to the challenge. You know, you're on the road. You're you're in Indy. Andrew Luck. He's he's always going to be a guy who gives you 100 percent no matter what the scenario is. So Houston Texans. They've got their work cut out for him. I don't know if Bill O'Brien's going to be able to sit at the podium and say, it doesn't matter, Brian. It doesn't matter, Brian. <laughs> AFC South champs, two years in a row. I don't know if we'll be able, I don't know if we'll be able to say that this year. Cole, the Chargers lost the battle for Los Angeles last week, and they found out that Joey Bosa is most likely not going to be available until at least week eight. Can this, After the bye week, yeah. Yeah. Can this still be a playoff team, the Chargers, or do they have the exact same problems, and a true contender, do they have the same problems they've always had with injuries and just not playing well in big games and big moments? That's what it is. And I always say that the Chargers are the uh, the West Coast version of the Dolphins. I mean, just when you get your hopes and, and everything invested in them, they're going to let you down. Um, I, you know, it's 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 always the injuries. You know, it, it's it's always something with the Chargers, and it, I just feel like this is just another year where we're going to see a little bit more of that. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be it. The 49ers, the only reason that they'll get a win this weekend is because they're playing the 49ers, a team that, you know, just took, I mean, a huge gut punch in, in Jimmy Garoppolo tearing his ACL out for the season. But I, I just don't feel that this Chargers team is, is there. I mean, th- think about it. They're the third best team in their division right off the top. I mean, I, I would I would have to go with Kansas City and Denver, you know, a- ahead of them. I, we'll, we'll see what we get, you know, when those two teams cross paths. But I don't know, man. I, I just think that they're they're not 
I don't think that this is this is not the NFC South. The three playoff teams are not coming out of this division this year. I think if, if any if it had multiple teams, it would be the Chiefs and the Broncos. I just don't think the Chargers are one of them. Like they, they I said, they, they get your hopes so high every year. Like they'll be playing well, and you know, whether it started off with a slow start to get the season underway or it ends with a lull, there's always a point that keeps them out of the postseason. Even if they do get there, they they do absolutely nothing. So. Chargers fans, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this isn't your year. Still yeah. cursed. Yeah, both of you Chargers fans yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, like I said, they're, they're, they're the West Coast uh, Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins three and zero right now. But guess what? Dolphins aren't going to end the season on, on a high note. I, it would, they, you can, we can earmark this one right now. That was guaranteed. Okay. Yeah, the, the Dolphins. The, the Dolphins, despite being three and zero, they take on the Patriots this week. And I just feel the Dolphins are going to dolphin like they always do. Even if they make the postseason, they'll lose first round. So that's that's where we're at right there. I don't even think they're going to make the postseason. I, I you can almost guarantee right now. Give it, let's give it a cold right guarantee. Okay. I, I, that's not even a real thing. Lock it in. Invent it right now. Dolphins, Chargers, book it. Neither one of them making the postseason. Okay. Dolphins get washed ashore, unfortunately for them. But they are three and zero at the moment, and so are uh, the Rams, who got that victory over the Chargers. And uh, some injury news for them as well, losing both of their starting cornerbacks. Talib oh. actually placed on IR, so he won't be available for at least eight weeks. Um, how sure. do you think that affects their defense? By the way, the Rams do take on the Vikings tonight on NFL Network, where Cole Wright works. So check that out, please. But how do you think yeah. that affects the Rams moving forward these next few weeks? Obviously, they're one of the Super Bowl favorites out of the NFC, and rightfully so. I think I saw a stat on you guys' network this morning. They're in top five in scoring defense and scoring offense through the first few yeah. weeks of the season. But how much do you think losing their top two cornerbacks is going to affect that defense moving forward? I think it's going to hurt, but I think that they're, you know, across the league, that next man up mentality. I mean, that's exactly where you have to be. And I think Sean McVay, I think he instills that in his squad. I think the fact that, you know, he's a, a, a young coach, I think he gets everybody to play for him. Not to say that other coaches who are a little bit longer in the tooth don't get guys to play for him, but I think, I think Sean McVay is a master motivator. And I think whoever's going to be filling in for, for Peters and Tlaib, I think those guys are going to be there and they're going to be ready to play. And, you know, the Minnesota Vikings, they'll, they'll be down a man as well in, in their defensive unit. I mean, Everson Griffin not going to be on the field. So the Rams aren't the only squad that's going to be playing tonight that's going to be a, a, a man down, if not two. So there's going to be holes on everyone's defense. And both of those defenses, we know how stingy they are. But we also know that the Rams, they're, they're a track team. I mean, they can go out there and they can run you to death. And I, they, they can outscore you that they're – they're the NFC version of the Kansas City Chiefs this year, but they've been doing it for two years now. So the Chiefs are just coming into this one with Patrick Mahomes. So we'll, we'll see. I think that the Rams, I think they'll be all right. They'll, they'll, there are some dents. There are some, some dings to their secondary. But I think they'll, they'll be all right just because of the fact that, you know, they, they challenge everybody to a foot race. As soon as, as soon as 60 minutes gets underway, it's like, all right, we're about to score, and we're going to score a lot. If you can keep pace with us, Please do so, but chances are you're not going to be able to. And I think we might see that with the Vikings, despite their solid defense. Cole, you mentioned him there. Is uh, Patrick Mahomes the real deal, Holyfield? Are we going to be talking about him for years to come, or is this just him catching lightning in a bottle and teams not game planning the same way they can for a veteran quarterback right now? Well, I, I think, like Dr. Dre said, uh, he is the real deal, like Holyfield, man. Because, uh, <laughs> I, you know, everyone said, I think that was that wasn't Dre though. That was Snoop who said that one. Actually, it was, it was on the same track. Yeah, it was on the same. We track. just can't a, say the next line yeah. on a collaborative yeah. cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nothing but a G thing. They're yeah. both on. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Ke- Kevin and Adam, you know how I feel. 
Uh, but I take the expletives out and uh, finish that line. But, uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, what, what, you know, I just lost my train of thought. What were we talking about again? Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Is he going to okay. be this exactly. good? I mean, anytime you start talking about old school West Coast, Dr. Dre and Snoop, I mean, that can, that can derail your oh, thoughts. I feel you, we got rap but, uh, news coming up next on this show, so if you want to hang around. <laughs> you, you, are, you know I'm always down. But I think Patrick Mahomes, I think he is the real deal. I think you know a lot of people second-guessed him at first because, well, he's got a big arm. That's all great and everything. But not only does he have a big arm, he has that professional acumen. He, he has that touch to go along with that big arm. And he also has uh, you know, more tools and more pieces of the offensive puzzle than pretty much any quarterback in the National Football League. I mean, you've got Tyreek Hill, you've got Kareem Hunt, you've got Travis Kelsey, you've got Sammy Watkins. I mean, you've got Chris Conley. The list goes on. I mean, there's just so many pieces of the puzzle. There's, there's so many options. If, if one's not open, I'll just go to that one, and then maybe that one, or that one, or that one, or that one. And that just seems to be where Patrick Mahomes and – the Kansas City Chiefs are at right now. And I, I, you know, we talked about it on Total Access on, on uh, two Fridays ago with, uh, with MJD and Rod Woodson. And I asked MJD, I said, how much does it help that Patrick Mahomes has been touched by greatness, so to speak? I mean, his, his father played Major League Baseball for 11 years. I mean, he used to hit off the tee and, and, and get guidance from Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez. And Rod said, well, that's, that's baseball. And I said, well, at the end of the day, champions are champions. A championship mentality, it knows no bounds. Whether you're an NFL player that's won multiple Super Bowls, whether you've won commissioner's trophies or Larry O'Brien trophies in the NBA, you know what it takes to get there. The heart of a champion, I think, is something that cannot be replaced. And I feel the fact that when you come in contact with those championship-type players, as Patrick Mahomes has done, I think you, you see what it takes and you, you know what the work ethic that goes into it. And I think that we've seen that. And this guy, he waited his time. Kansas City, they put they put all their chips in, in his bowl, and they said, "Let's roll, man." And I think right now, they, what they've done has been unbelievable. Because I mean, like, and you know, I'm also partial to Patrick Mahomes because uh, I, I used to be the, the the weekend sports anchor at KETK mm-hmm. NBC in Tyler, Tyler in Texas. Texas, and uh, that that was his local NBC affiliate. So I don't know if he ever once in a while on a weekend ever turned on and, and checked out your boy, but I feel like I have a, a little a little bit of a shred of, of of reason to root for Patrick Mahomes being the fact that, you know, he did come from a conference that I used to cover back in the day. And I didn't cover him when he was in high school. He was still probably in junior high back then, but you know, it, it, I just know what kind of football players come out of East Texas. And there's been a lot of solid ones, man. I covered, uh, you know, whether it's, it's Ryan Mallett or, you know, is Breeze from over there. I know Breeze is from Texas. Is he from that part of Texas or no? From, Drew Breeze is, is, uh, went to, the, I think he went to the same school, high school as Chase Daniel. Okay. Um, that fat neck. That, that's kind of middle, middle of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, South Lake Carroll, that's, that's, that's that middle of the state. They're a powerhouse as well, but not East Texas. You know, I said Ryan Mallett, G.J. Kinney, you know, a whole bunch of guys I was able to cover uh, you know, while they were at Kendall Hunter you know, while oh, they yeah. were in high school. So it, I just know what that neck of the woods is, is capable of. So I know that Patrick Mahomes, you know, he, he's, he's going to be good. And what we're seeing right here, it's not just a fluke. I mean, you know, being that gun, having that gunslinger, label put on him and Brett Favre. I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing, but 13 touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's a pretty good thing right now. You're covering all those quarterbacks from Texas. Did you ever cover uh, Matt Saracen from the Dillon Panthers or Jason Streets or anybody like that? <laughs> no, fr- n- n- well, never did. Never did. <laughs> little Friday Night Lights reference. I met him recently. But you know what's crazy, though, is that my first job 
I covered all the teams that were in the movie Friday Night Lights, whether it be Odessa Permian, Midland High, Midland Lee, San Angelo Central, nice. uh, Abilene, Abilene uh, High. Uh, covered all those teams. And when I got down there, I was like, wow, this is Friday Night Lights. This is going to be unbelievable. And when I got there, the high school football was not as top-notch as one would expect. Oh, oh no. But, uh, it's, it wasn't. Then I went to East Texas, and that's, that's where Friday Night Lights should have been based out of, because at least when I was there you know, in the, in the mid-2000s, East Texas high school football had like had grown men coming out on the field. You know, it's, it's, they, just, they just didn't look normal. But, you know, West Texas football, I think they've, they've gained their glimmer a little bit again. So we'll see. Well, the East Texas have guys who are like held back like four times in fifth grade. Like, is that why they look so good when they were in high school? Because they were like, already like 30? I don't Like I said, man, I covered Ryan Mallett when he was a senior in high school. I, I covered like three of his high school games. And he was playing at our local stadium, which was uh, – Earl Campbell Field at Trinity Mother Francis Rose Stadium. You had to get that that whole name Jeez. out at the beginning and end of every live shot. So have fun with that. <laughs> but uh, everybody you know, heard of an acronym? Jeez. I, exactly. I used to uh, I used to play catch and you know with the kids on the on the on the field before the game because we'd do our live shot nice and early, and then after that I'd run them around, throw them on routes, and you know uh, they'd always be like, "Wow, the guy from the news has a pretty good arm," and I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I'm like, "You like that, huh?" So I bet he could strike out Jay Stu. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So I watched this, this kid that's playing quarterback for Texarkana, Texas high. And their uniforms look just like the university of Texas. They were like that shiny white Mm -hmm. with the burnt orange numbering and and lettering and everything. But their helmets look like the university of Tennessee. They had that T on there, same color as Texas. So Ryan Mallow walks out helmet in his left hand, picks up a random football. One of his teammates hollers for him to throw the ball to him. He throws one downfield with, 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 with zero effort, 65 yards. And I'm sitting there throwing kids on routes 50, 55 yards, thinking that, you know, my arm was looking nice. And, you know, a, a 17-year-old kid walks out, puts me to shame. So all I do is just kind of inch away, put mm-hmm. the football down. You just hung your head in shame. Of, and, <laughs> and just kind of sidestep my way off the field like I hadn't been there at all. But, uh, you know, that, that East Texas football, man, it's, it's something different, like I said. And I, I think Patrick Mahomes, he's going to be just fine. I think we're, we're just seeing the beginning because, you know, this, this weekend, you know, we had a guy, Pete from the Bronx, calling to, uh, to us on Sirius XM last night. Oh, Pete. And he said that the Broncos are going to get the Chiefs. I don't know about that one. So I'll be, wa- I'll be waiting for him to call in on Tuesday after the Chiefs run rough shot over the Broncos a mile high. And plus, he's seen know, Case Keenum to- this year, hasn't he? Yeah, three, three, three interceptions yeah. or three touchdowns to five interceptions. Yeah. Not, not great. Yeah. Kansas. The only problem is that Kansas City's defense is null and void. This is so true. If, if 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 the Broncos can, you know, do something, it'll be a closer game than many people expected. That's until the Kansas City Chiefs really, you know, throw some hot pepper in the pot. Mm-hmm. He is Cole Ride. Of course, check him out on the NFL Network and Sports Net. L.A. Big weekend for the Dodgers. It's always a big weekend in the NFL, even though it's just week four. There are mm-hmm. some early playoff implications, according to Cole Wright, because the Dolphins aren't going to make it, neither nope. are the Chargers. They're out. You can take that hot sure take not. to the bank, and old takes exposed will be on top of it <laughs> if both those teams get in somehow. Cole, thank you so much for doing this today and uh, giving us all that Texas knowledge, too. Hey, anytime, guys, whenever you need it. Got an education in Texas high school football there, Adam. I wasn't even expecting that today. Yeah. He said those East teams were good. I was thinking, well, East Dillon high. Yes, yeah, That's when Vince came in. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan took over. And finally, Coach Eric Taylor had a running quarterback. Right. We got uh, East Dillon a lot remind- of Friday Night Lights knowledge coming around saying, lately. Yeah. East Dillon reminded me a lot of a high school I played for back in the day. 
Oh. It was like, yeah, we got some raggedy sleds. This is barely like turf. It's kind of like concrete, so make sure you fall the right way so you don't tear or like, you know, scrape something. Uh, that's not a goal post. We'll just set up a couple of trash cans over there and just imagine you kick it through the goal post is what it is. Backyard football. Yeah, that's kind of, that's that. So we were kind of East Dillon. Oh, was Vic the brick out there yeah. breaking yeah. his teeth and on the, the ground? Yeah. Now you drive by my high school now. Oh, the field is all nice. They got brand new turf. They got a brand new scoreboard. I was like, oh, so y'all was just waiting for me to leave. That's what it was. Y'all was waiting for me to get, I swear, like three years after I graduated, all this money comes in from somewhere. Mm. Wasn't me. Okay. And they got a whole new turf. But good for them, though. Somebody giving back to the school? I guess so. Like I said, it wasn't me because God knows I can't afford it. <laughs> it wasn't me. All right. <laughs> uh, coming up in the next segment, got some rap news coming up. Been a while since we've had rap news. TK will be back soon. Had just, some with Cole there, too. Just not this week. That's right. Little uh, Dre Ain't and Snoop. nothing but a G thing, baby. So we got some rap news coming up. Snoop and Dre are not in this week's rap news, unfortunately. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. Coming up next, rap news, FNA podcast. How good of you to join us? FNA Cotton, FNA. 949-478-1197 is the number to call us. We do have a voicemail to get to to compile what the other voicemails were received earlier this week for a chance to win not $20, but a mystery prize. Yeah, I don't know what Adam, that is still. From Adam Oslin's prize closet. So uh, <laughs> we look forward to that. May have to resort to $20 on... PayPal, but that's not so bad. Make it twenty-one dollars. Okay, right. twenty-one bucks. It's be twenty-one. That's not because you said it's not twenty. You said it's not twenty dollars. It's like, well, it's twenty-one. There you go. Yeah. Works for me. Twenty-one oh one nine four nine. Oh, even an extra sitting there. Oh, Look at y'all. Are, man, y'all are Adam's balling over here. Clippers are coming back. Yeah, Clippers season starting. I guess that money's rolling. Nine four nine four seven eight eleven ninety seven is the telephone number. By the way, if you, for those of you who live in the LA area, if you want to catch the Clippers, their first preseason game is this Sunday. So catch Adam Alston on the pre-half and post of that game. They're down in Hawaii, where I wish I was, to be honest If you're with you. really balling, you can take that trip to Hawaii. That's right. And have fun for us. For Not on us. I ain't paying for that. My man, you but, ain't going out to Hawaii. There's no need for that. It sounds the same in Burbank. So I got to be feet on the ground, boss. I got to be able to check out Shy Gildas Alexander and his giant U-shaped name on the back of his jersey, because his name is so damn long. Hey, I tried to get confirmation at Media Day. If it's Shy or Shay. What did he, what did he give you? Because I always called him Shy. Brian Seaman's saying it's Shay. Okay. So I guess I have to say it's Shay, even if it is shy because whatever he My and man, Ralph are saying, that's what I'm saying. Consistency. Yeah, that that his last name on the back of the jersey. It's literally a U. The way they get that thing around there, it looks like the St. Louis Arch. <laughs> yes, it's, it's unbelievable. Like it's half of the McDonald's Arch. It's exactly what it is. It's unbelievable. Uh, so uh, Clippers basketball is back, and Adam will be on the call this uh, coming Sunday night. I believe 5:30 is the pregame on AM 570 LA Sports. So it check that out. Back, y'all. So right now, I'm sorry. Rap news is back. It is. <laughs> Counts the virtues of a machine that automatically smacks a wife or girlfriend into line. Generation Even though we're going through our drama, I would never wish death on nobody. You know what I'm saying? Because ain't no coming back from that. Who shot you? This is an artist called Eminem. It's spelled funky. Look, Chris Brown is accused of assault and battery. I love all the rappers today, but it's hard to defend this shit. 
So the time has finally come, Adam. The Carter Five has a release date. Time has come today. Yes. Hopefully we get Vic on the show sometime soon, by the way. We've been in talks with Vic. Who's in Real the soon. So uh, he has agreed to come on the show at his earliest convenience. So when Vic is available. We know you guys have been requesting it. Yeah, you'll hear from our friend Vic the Brick Jacobs. So we look forward to that as always. We can hear from him right now. It's Hold on for a second, guys. I hear cold. It's just a sound go. drop. <laughs> when he was doing an interview with us. and <laughs> Live on the show, by the way. cut us off because Kobe was coming to the podium. Hold on for a second, guys. I hear on cold. TV. It's not like he was at Staples Center. I did find it funny how, I mean, probably obvious, Vic was at the uh, Lakers media day. Did not get a chance to ask a question to LeBron James, which is a travesty. Spurned. Devastation. Yeah, uh, right. But he says his question was going to be about Kobe. So that shouldn't surprise anybody. Yeah, makes sense. Kobe's, he said, Hold on for a second, guys. feeling embraced by Kobe Bryant coming to the Lakers. Still up as Tukas. A little bit. <laughs> ever so slightly. Uh, Lil Wayne's Carter 5 album has a release date. We've been talking about this, I feel like, for like two years or three years now. Yes. With the beef between himself and Birdman and the Young Money Cash Money label and it, all that stuff that's, that's been going on between them. It should be called Carter 6. Let's just yeah. skip right over 5. Well, he released a giant... E- it's not an EP. I guess the EP only has like four or five. I get confused with what's an EP and that's what's a mixtape. That's extended and what's a- play. An LP, I think, means long, long play. play. But these are things that were back in the day. They still they call things... They used to release them more often on yeah. 45s and all that. That. Yeah, I just saw something earlier today where a couple, of, I think uh, Styles P is releasing an EP. It's not an album and it's not a mixtape. He's releasing an EP. So how what qualifies is that? I don't know. Yeah. I honestly, I, I used to think it was just some, some album cuts that are placed on a smaller compilation. So you just take, hey, my large album's coming out in three months with 19 tracks. Here's a five-track sample of it. Who released... What was not called an EP, I don't think, but it was only seven tracks recently, and Kanye produced it. Well, everybody. All those albums that Kanye released over the last, those are albums. They're all that short, though? All of those are albums. Every last one of them, I think think one of those albums, I forget whose it was, was nine tracks. But pretty much every album was seven. And I'm sure there's something in Kanye's mind where he's, there's like some sort of 7-7 seven, seven Bible thing, tie it in, holy, whatever. Okay. I'm Numerology? Sure, I'm sure there is something. Well, with Kanye, he's so smart. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the release date is today. Today? Today. Now, I oh. checked on Spotify, and I didn't see it. So I don't know. Now, maybe he's releasing it on Apple Music. It's going to be Tidal. Maybe it's on Tidal. I don't know exactly, or maybe there was just a certain time he's trying to roll it out. I'm not sure. I have sure. seen it trending on Twitter recently. So I somebody think it was has last it. night. So I looked on Spotify this morning specifically. That is the service that I subscribe to. So I can't speak for other platforms. Same I guess here. I, I guess I can look in iTunes to see if I can buy it. Spotify <laughs> Premium. What would I pay for? Uh, so I already paying Spotify $10 a month. Forget y'all. <laughs> uh, so it hasn't showed up on there yet. Now that was as of like five hours ago this morning. So I have to check again. Maybe it's there now. Okay. Uh, maybe but, it's going to be released at five o'clock. Depending on what Possibly. time zone you're in, Possibly. what time zone would it be for him? Where's Lil Wayne from? I don't think he even knows. Well, he's in the he's in the South, <laughs> but who knows? You know, I mean, he might be having he's back another, on the codeine. He might be having another trip off of codeine or something. Uh-huh. Oh, speaking of that, so Carter I wasn't, Five, the seizure. I wasn't planning. Oh, so you guys, by the way, before I get too off on the tangent, if you guys want to buy it, then buy all me. There was a lot of speculation and rumors as to when it will be released. Um, he officially said, yeah, it's being released today, September 27th. So go ahead and check it out when you get a chance. And if you like Lil Wayne. Any significance to that date? or? Uh, I think it's his birthday, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I believe today's his birthday. Happy birthday, Lil Toonch. Yeah, so he's, e? he's still alive. <laughs> I mean, he had the whole thing big... where he had the coma thing and all that stuff, and he almost died a couple of years ago. Has he waited too long to the point that some of the buzz has died down, that people aren't anticipating it to the level they would have? Yeah, some of the buzz has definitely died, but he's had his loyal fan base, and there was a while there. I never agreed. People thought he was the best rapper 
alive. Whoa. Um, yeah, that's what I said. That was a bad uh, time for rap then. It really was, especially for mainstream rap. He was like the king of mainstream rap at the time. He had a lot of album sales and a lot of popularity. His songs were all over the place. But for me, that, mean, that just means every, the, the product wasn't that good. It didn't mean that he was great. Was that before Kendrick and J. Cole came in? We're talking like 2000. Save the rap game. We're talking like circa 2003 to like 2007 or something. Okay. So Eminem was putting out some trash. 50 Cent had already put out Get Rich, Die Trying, although that might have been 2004. Get Rich and Die Trying was 04. But it yeah. was still or maybe a one-hit wonder of yeah. a rap album, none a great his, rap album. Yeah, but none of his other projects lived up to that. Massacre was downhill right away. Yeah. Uh, Animal Ambition wasn't still that great. Still pisses me off. I thought 50 was taking over everything. Apparently not. No, just take, just <laughs> taking... He was doing movies. Yeah, just taking over Floyd Mayweather's psyche is all he's doing now. Yeah. Just keeps trolling the guy left and right. Ja Rule was the only inspiration for all his good raps. It's true. He had to go after him, and Ja Rule is still delusional about... How he won that rap battle Nobody. because it kept him relevant. I Some people have argued whether or not Nas or Jay-Z won their argument. Cool. That's fine. Nobody can debate that 50 Cent for like a good 12-year stretch ended Ja Rule's rap career. Yes. And then he went to jail and we started talking about him making like chicken strips in his jail cell. Remember that <laughs> Remember that whole thing we had on the rap news a couple of years ago? He had a microwave and everything? He's out now, by the way. He's touring with Ashanti again, singing some of their old hits from the early 2000s. I saw that the other night. Yeah, his biggest hits... Were R and B songs really they that really he was were. on? They really were. What's love? And see, after that, he, tr- do, he tries to get hard to again to do that New York track with Fat Joe, which really didn't hit that well, at least not to me. It's like, man, I already I saw you over there singing with J Lo. You better back the f up. <laughs> that all soft. <laughs> oh, but you talk about somebody getting arrested. I think I saw this story earlier this morning. Daz Dillinger, uh, who's been outspoken about Kanye West, they got into it over some Trump stuff uh, earlier this year. How lovely. According to TMZ, I just pulled it up. So Daz was arrested in Atlanta. They found 117 grams of weed in his house, 10 THC pods, THC oil. You want to get high? A THC vaporizer. Oh, and this is why I brought you mentioned uh, the lean. He had a weed shop. Or the purple, basically. (laughs) He has something called cannabis lean. So it's basically lean laced with weed. Okay. Which I could have assumed people were doing, but I didn't know they actually did. So apparently Daz Dilly was doing it. So uh, he... um, so I don't know how long he's going to wait for, but it's probably going to be for a while. Because what is, state was this in? This is Atlanta. This is in Georgia. ATL. Well, so it's not it's not legal to smoke weed down there or have weed. I don't know if it's not even recreationally. Le- I don't think so. Yeah. I don't believe so. So, oh, uh, man. so he was da- smoking too much marijuana. I love Daz. I'm all about the West Coast, but yeah, you you didn't effed up there, Daz. I'm not that familiar with him, but last name Dillinger. I'm thinking about John Dillinger, <laughs> the gangster. <laughs> Uh, Public not, enemies. Yeah, yeah. Not uh, Daz Dilly. He did a lot of stuff with the uh, with Snoop back in the day. So, okay. Yeah, a lot of stuff with Snoop. A lot of stuff with corrupt. Uh, those guys yeah. kind of they, they all rolled together. I feel like I heard somebody say Daz is on the track. Daz Dilly. They will say a lot. Okay. Yeah. Cor- corrupt and Daz did a lot of tracks together. Was he Dog Pound Gang? Yeah. Yeah. They dog were. Pound Gang. Yeah. They're all together. Okay. They're all they're all rolling that same light. And then I mentioned an R and B singer. Have you heard of LMA? LMA. No. LMFAO. Ella May. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, have you heard a song no. called Booed Up on the radio? Booed Up? Yes. Maybe sing it for me. I'm not going to sing it for you. I'm going to play it for you. Okay. Maybe you sing along with it. What <laughs> the hell you think this is? <laughs> See if I can pull it up and get through. It's karaoke LMA, day. Her song's been blowing up. It's been popular for about, I don't know, five, six months now. Okay. Uh, so she's been one of the more popular young R&B uh, artists coming up. Um, I'm sure you've heard the track if you listen to radio at all. We can take it down a notch. You can say that. 
Doesn't ring a oh, bell. I have heard this. Okay. I heard a girl cover this at an open mic session downtown in LA. Good. She did a great job. Yeah. Because it sounded just like this. I don't think I heard the original, but the way she covered it, it sounded exactly like it. Yeah, LMA has a very, uh, at least I thought, had a very unique voice, except for the chick downtown that you heard. Listen. So the, the song that has caused so much controversy the last couple of days has been her other hit called Trip which is on what I'm playing right now. Okay. And there's a problem because there's an R&B singer out there named Jacquees. Is this about the St. Louis pitch runner last night? It is not that about trip the pitch rounding third. It is, it is not. <laughs> against the Brewers in the ninth. As unfortunate as that was, this song was not about him. Okay. About her tripping sure. over a guy she's in a relationship with. But there's a guy named Jacquees who does a lot of cover songs, R&B cover songs. Okay. It's a great voice. Uh, doesn't have like a, a lot of his own solo stuff. He just covers a lot. And apparently he posted a video of himself recording, uh, singing this song, his own version of it. And he had his own, he was monetizing it. And people were getting pissed off. People being her label company. Now she pulled the song down and a lot of fans got pissed off because a lot of people were like, man, his cover is better than your original. Which, oh. I don't, which I don't agree with, by the way. I don't agree one bit. I like Jimi Hendrix all along the Watchtower more than Bob Dylan's. This is true. I like Dave Matthews more than both. Dylan no, in no, general is just not, better. Dylan's really not my speed, just in general. I feel like his voice. Speaking of unique his voices, voice is very off. Speaking of unique voices, I'm I like, want to love him because lyrically he's amazing. Yeah, but, but I like, still have a tough time. Like, is he actually singing? And I, I love Springsteen. Is he actually singing or is he just yelling at me the entire time? He's hit and miss with some stuff works well with his singing, like no. I'm on fire, no. sad eyes. But yeah, I'm I with mean, you on yeah. both those again, accounts. I love Springsteen, but it's just not. Anyway. That says calling in. He's pissed. No, he's, I'm sure he is. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't even know Springsteen if it wasn't for me. That's not true. Uh, but DJ Mustard produced this song. She's under his label. And he says, look, everybody stop blowing up LMA on Twitter. She's not the one that yanked that cover off the Internet. It was me. I did it. I did this to you, Mr. Oh, Big. Okay. So he said, everybody wants to get pissed off. Get pissed off at me because this guy is, cop is uh, trying to profit off of copyrighted material that I produced, and I don't want him doing that. So leave this girl, this woman, leave LMA this alone. poor woman. Yeah, that's kind of like what he's saying. But apparently she was getting a lot of hate mail and a lot of hate from a lot of people. So DJ Mustard says, lay off LMA, bring your heat to me. And I can give two Fs what you think because I'm not giving money away. So this I'll guy take can all cover, the smoke. Can cover my beat. Yes. Okay. Is he gonna? Is somebody gonna come after us just for playing her song on our show? Is it? Is it that big of a deal now? Yeah, I'm say something to somebody. <laughs> we were talking over the top of it though. It's not gonna pick up on spot yeah, or on uh, Shazam or anything. Exactly. <laughs> don't even know what, what is Shazam. That doesn't even exist. If you guys don't know what that is, it doesn't exist. Adam just made it up in his head. So don't try to Shazam what it. About when you the sound to the show. Don't even know what that is either. <laughs> Um, no, nothing. See nothing. Four seven eight eleven ninety seven is a telephone number. Nine four nine four seven eight eleven ninety seven. Mark do, Cuban. We have one voicemail to get to. Let's take a listen. Hey Kevin, hey Adam, this is Tony from Georgia. I want to thank you for representing SoCal so strong for those of us who used to live there, but now have to live in other places. What's up? Uh, two hot takes. One, I think Manny Machado is this year's a U Darvish. The Anakin Skywalker of players supposed oh. to bring light, but he just brought darkness. And two, I don't think it's going to work out for LeBron in L.A. Um, I think the city's bigger than him, and he's not used to that. All right, keep up the great work. The Anakin Skywalker. You underestimate my power. You were supposed to be the chosen one, Manny Machado. <laughs> I mean, he was. The, there was Manny 2.0. 
what they were saying. Depends what you value. I think he's definitely underperformed. He's been better lately, though. His batting average still isn't there, but he does have 13 bombs, and he's had a few big hits the last week and a half. He still has enough time to completely satisfy all the fans in L.A. that are waiting for him to be that big superstar that gets them into the playoffs and then does damage in the playoffs. Because it'd be a giant dud if they don't make it and they end up trading for a guy who's in a walk year who many people believe wants to play on the East Coast. Cole Wright talked about him being in the AL East and there's a lot of talk of him wanting to play for the New York Yankees. Uh-oh. So if a guy doesn't even stay... Oh, they come, need another big bat. Yeah, that would help. <laughs> yeah, sure. Another God. guy that, hit, that swings for the fences and hits home runs. And <laughs> they led the league in home runs this year. Exactly. They're going to get Manny Machado. Exactly. Uh, they're going to get Bryce Harper too? Why not? But the Bronx the Bombers, stripes. they'll be back again. Murderer's Row. That's right. 949-478-1197. Do we have a winner? Is Tony the winner? Tony is the winner. Okay, Tony wins 20 bucks out of Adam Olsen's pocket. 2101. So hit up Adam on Twitter at followadama. Get your prize. I am at KFig1. We are at FNA Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, Rip the Peril, RipThePeril.com, FNA promo code, 10% off anything you purchase, FNAPodcast.com. Click on the Amazon banner, and you will shop till you, you drop. drop. That's right. Okay. Shopping spree? Yes. I mean, it's not a free shopping spree. I mean, no, no, no. We ain't paying for it. Just, you know, just, just saying. Just it's not that click, old TV click show. On, click on the banner. Just throw as much in your cart as possible. My mom loved that show, by the way. <laughs> uh, we're back next week. Thanks again to Cole Wright for joining us on the show. We appreciate it. At Cole Wright NFL is where you can find him on Twitter. Thank you guys for listening. This has been another edition of the FNA Podcast. Yes, sir. Yo, man, let's get out of here. Word to your mother.